Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> if you've got a podcast or maybe a small business and you would like to advertise said business on the other stories, then get in touch. We're currently seeking sponsorship for our upcoming Halloween week. We have big plans and we are currently looking for extremely awesome people to work with. If you're interested, you can get in touch or on our website at theotherstories.net forward slash contact. Also, at the request of you guys, the listeners, we have just added The Other Stories tote bags to our web store. So if you've got things that need a place to hide, then why not pick up a tote bag and stick them in there? You can grab one of those along with our other merch and signed books over at gumroad.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. Once again, that's gumroad.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. Today's episode of The Other Stories is Swift Bear and Laxon Beyond the Hillbilly Horrors, written by Richard Reynolds and narrated by Persephone Rose. They called him Swift Bear. His own people turned their back on him on account of his being some sort of freak of nature. Faster than any horse born and the strongest some bitch I ever seen. Prone to visions of his heathen bear god. Putting him on track of some unnatural abominations meaning nothing but harm. I go by Mark Laxon. Previous a no good cur but seeking redemption and partnered with old Swift Bear to roam the land and hunt for creatures from Satan's own asshole. On this occasion, Bear's foresight led on I was in for some sort of awakening. 
a step closer to understanding this crazy world I'd stumbled on, or some such horseshit to that effect. That boy frequently don't make a lick of sense. We was wandering round some backwoods hillsides, place called Skirious Springs. Bear looking for signs of trouble, me leading my horse Thunder, who, educated by past experience, I'd seen fit to load up with provisions and excessive firepower. I was hoping we didn't run into no locals. I just don't like these hill folks, I was telling Bear. Coming up from their coal mines with their strange ways, crazy on shine, fornicating with their daughters and sisters and mamas and such. These people have told you this? Or you have seen it? Asked Bear. Not directly, I says. But you hear things, don't you? You understand men of all kinds do the bad things you speak of, yes? Bear says. Well, shit, Bear. Why you always gotta stomp over my opinions with your damn sense? I lost Bear's attention, though. A sound shuffling was coming from the shadows before a woman come stumbling into the light, gurgling and covered in blood. She come closer, falling into my arms, and I seen she was throat cut. What's done this to you? I asked, but she couldn't form the words. She were too damaged. Bear were already going through our packs. He grabbed some of his medicine pouches and passed me some rags. Cover the cut. Contain the blood, he says as he took herbs from his pouch and that, mixing them in a bowl before striking a match and putting a flame to them. They caught fire and let off a thick green smoke which Bear put under the woman's nose and instructed her to breathe in. As she did, her struggling lessened until it seemed like she was in no pain at all. Bear took her from me and sat her up. Bolt upright she was, staring out, trance-like, as he cleaned and wrapped her wound proper. Lady, I says, waving a hand in her face, you know what it was come after ya? She cannot talk, Bear says, but we can know what she knows. The great bear has shown me that it is now that you must look beyond. Beyond what? This, he says, gesturing at what I assume was everything. A dream bear talked to you and told you to show me. Beyond? I question, skeptical. The great bear does not talk. It communes in thought and idea, he answered. How do you know they ain't just your own ideas, I says, a sound query, I thought. They are, he says, like I was missing something obvious. Boy, I ever tell you you don't make no sense? Yes, he says, handing me the bowl of charred herbs, which during our discussion he'd mixed with water and was urging me to drink. I drank it down, misgivings and all, immediately feeling peculiar. My mind felt like it was kind of growing outwards. Things didn't look right. I moved my hand and it left behind a blurred streak of itself in its wake which didn't fade. My every move left a permanent impression. I looked at Swift Bear who was nodding at my understanding. You're getting the smallest glimpse beyond. Your mind is not bound. You are 
Not just you and time is more than you knew. Can you see me through her? He says, pointing at the woman and I knew what he meant. I closed my eyes and touched her mind. Then I was seeing Bear and me through her eyes. I moved her arm and saw it was leaving streaked impressions through time, as solid looking as a sculpture, but I can move back through it nonetheless. You see time from a different vantage, Bear says. But look harder, see it for what it is, as definite as the ground. And I seen he was right. From here, time had a structure made of the movement of everything, everywhere, ever passing through it. I could focus and see the smallest parts of what made up the air and everything besides, each bit leaving its own blurred wake so that everything there was seemed to be made from never-ending tangles of thread. It were no different for people. I looked across the woman's wake, leading back to the shadows she'd stumbled from. But then I figured that I was in the wake and looked on to the streak of her that would have gone on from here and... I understood that the body was just a channel through time that our minds traversed and saw the world through, like a boat being pulled down river. But what if we could sail up river? Bear nodded approval, and I pushed my mind up river of the woman's life. My vantage folded in on itself, and I saw the world as normal, but moving backwards and speeding up. We launched up into my body's waiting arms and breathed out herb smoke, jerking in pain and sucked blood into our neck, pulled away from me and stumbled backwards into the shadows. Faster and faster, I raced back her life till events were just a reverse moving blur. Then they weren't. She, we, were at home. We're more in a shack, really. And she was fretting as she wrapped up her invalid mind, waited on her man coming home. When he did, he was filthy, stunk a booze, and looked mean as a gator. Again, I get in from work and ain't no food on the table, he shouted. It ain't like that, Joe. We need to get out of here. I've been hearing strange noises from the woods. The Jensen's gone missing two days back. The Thompson boys yesterday. He slapped her across the face. I tried to give him a whooping, but I was just a passenger on this ride. You gone touched, woman. Ain't nothing out there but forest critters. He was winding up another slap when a deep growl come from outside, freezing his ass cold. Then the door was shoved open. What come in looked like a big man, but it were hairy all over, with thick thighs, clawed hands, and powerful jaws. Two more followed. Lord save me, cried Joe, placing himself behind us. In a flash, two of the beasts had pounced on the invalid mother, tearing her up and eating the meat in a frenzy of gore. We screamed and noticed the leader closing in on us. Then we was pushed from behind. As we stumbled toward the beast, it slashed our throat, then spun and grabbed Joe, who was making a run for the door. It threw him groundward, grabbing up a leg, twisting his foot till the ankle broke. He was still screaming when it dragged him off. Holding our neck to stem the blood, we looked over at poor Ma being mauled, then made a break for it. I had seen what I needed to see, and my mind lost grip on the woman's, shifting back to me and now. 
I flailed at the loss of my sensor beyond, it leaving behind only a memory residue, like farts after dinner. I wanted to express the heartbreaking loss of my new understanding, now just out of my mind's grasp. But all I did was holler, Fucking Wolfmans! Weren't hard finding the woman's home. We dropped her at a neighbor's and convinced him to get out of town for the woman's medical needs and their own safety. We had our starting point now. The monster hunt was on. I know stuff about werewolves, I says as we tracked, and we gonna need silver. Bear frowned. White men make up rules for their monsters. Imaginary weaknesses. Iron, salt, silver. Some need invitations, even. Perhaps it makes you feel safe, but any monster can be beat the same as any man. They're just stronger, rarer. So bust them up till they quit moving. Got it. What you saw are children, followers. There will be a farther, bigger, and stranger, he explained. They looked all grown to me. He paused to think about how better to explain. A dark spirit from beyond the beyond can possess a creature, change it unnaturally, grow inside. This new creature can infect others with its essence, make followers who in time grow dark spirits of their own. I weren't following him exactly, but got the gist. So that part's true? You get bit, you become one? Bit, started Bear, but were cut off by a growl come from the darkness. Then more, and three hairy figures stepped into view. Thunder grunted mean-like as I pulled my pistols and Bear's bone knives. One of them moved, and I put four bullets in his chest, dropping it to its knees. His friend roared and advanced. Bear ran head-on, dodging their swipes and slicing them both deep. I kicked the one and shot onto its back. It snarled as I put the barrels my dragoons to its eyes and emptied the bastards. Then, terrible shrieks of pain come echoing through the woods. I recognized them as Joe's. Help the man, Bear shouted as he fought. I'll finish these. That asshole Joe could perish for all I cared, but it'd be another monster to kill if he were infected, so I mounted thunder and followed the screams. I came to a clearing where the screams were piercing. In the shadows, Joe's struggling figure looked tiny next to the hulking creature that was accosting him. It must have been nine foot tall, and it weren't no wolf. With its bushy tail and puffed up jaws, it looked more like a ginormous squirrel-type monstrosity. And it weren't mauling him neither. It were... Shit, I ain't gonna pretty it up for you. It were fucking him off the dirt chute. And the way Joe was screaming... He'd be staying fucked. Quick as I could, I took my roll of shooters off Thunder, loaded a sawn-off scattergun, pocketed some shells, and loaded rounds into my 87 Winchester. The monstrosity howled as it blew its load, letting go of Joe as it pulled out a fat, glistening Johnson that put old Thunder to shame. Joe lie spent for a time, then started fitting out. I pumped around into the Winchester, finally getting the monstrosity's attention when I took my shot and hit it in the shoulder. It hardly noticed. It was eye and thunder, and its cock got stiff. 
He moved at the horse, but Thunder weren't having none. He spun and bucked, cracking its head a goodin', dazzled enough for me to take up my sawn off and blast it point Blake in the face, tearing away fur and meat, exposing skull and front teeth bigger than my feet. It screeched and stumbled back. Thunder moved to the clearing edge, snorting and stomping, but didn't bolt. That there stallion had fire. Joe hollered as his limbs flailed all spastic, his bones and muscles crunching as they changed under his skin. The monstrosity turned on me, moving in fast. I grabbed the Winchester, pumped, and blew a hole in its belly. It didn't give a shit. It lifted me by my neck and screeched in my face. I pumped and shot down, hitting leg meat and staggering at some. Then, a blur of movement come from nowhere, and Swift Bear was stabbing holes in the thing, moving and spinning away from its slashing claws, cutting it every which way. It gripped me tighter, and I choked. Then, Bear was on its back. He yanked back its head and cut its throat. Then again. The monstrosity dropped me and tried to shake Bear, its throat gushing blood. But Bear kept at it, stabbing and cutting at the gristle and sinew. I went for my scattergun, loading two shells and shouted for Bear to get clear. Then I jammed the barrels in the mess of throat gore and fired. The neck exploded, and its head and body fell to the ground. Bear wasted no time. He cut it throat to stomach, broke and yanked at ribs till he found what he sought. He pulled out a fist-sized maggot-looking thing, tearing it away from the thin tendrils that held it in the monstrosity like an organ. This, I knew from experience, was a dark spirit of which Bear referred to previous. He cut it in two and stomped it to mush. If the spirit lives, it may possess again. Always kill the spirit, he told me. Yeah, how about this asshole, I says, pointing at Joe, now unrecognizable, sprouting hair all over. Bear grabbed his head and twisted it near off. No child of a dark spirit must live, or it will eventually turn worse. This been some instructive day. I never heard Bear talk so much, though I wasn't understanding half of it. The tracks speak of more children yet, he continued. Come, we hunt. And that we did, the rest of the night killing us six more hillbilly squirrel men. A job well done. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Swift Bear and Laxon Beyond the Hillbilly Horrors was written by Richard Reynolds, narrated by Persephone Rose, edited by Carl Hughes with music by Dark Fantasy Studio and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. Richard Reynolds is the owner and operator of Ground Zero Comics, a small shop in Mansfield, England, but he writes, draws and produces his own comics whenever he gets the chance. He plans to bring you many more adventures of Swift, Bear and Laxon, if, that is, you want them. Probably even if you don't. 
Persephone Rhodes plans to live long enough with the help of cybernetic augmentations to travel to the stars and make extraterrestrial friends. When she isn't performing satanic rituals, she scrapes by as a writer and voice actor of things that are not always for the faint of heart. Once again, we have tote bags for you guys at your request, available over on our Gumroad store. That's gumroad.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. Did you know that you can wear a tote bag on your head poke a couple of eye holes in there and you have a seriously scary mask that you can use for rituals or murders (laughs) that you can wear when you're maybe down at the shops maybe down at the ice cream parlor or perhaps just when you're with your friends committing a bit of ritualistic sandwich sacrifice so go grab a tote bag today over at gumroad.com forward slash hawk and cleaver if you enjoyed today's episode, you can help support the show over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver, where you'll get regular episodes a week early, along with monthly bonus episodes exclusive to the patrons. You can join our book club, movie club, and writing exercises over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver. We're going to be doing a watch along pretty soon of Blood Red Sky, which just hit Netflix. And also, you can get help with your short stories or your podcasts over at theotherstories.net forward slash services. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. Until next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.